What's up, my name is Jordan Mitchell, and I'm not an NFT expert by any means, but I've been in the Web3 space for the last nine months or so, and I'm really interested in how they apply to a ton of industries, particularly music and film. I think they present a really good opportunity for all creative industries, really all industries in general. But I think within music, a lot of people are talking about how music NFTs are going to overtake the record labels and revolutionize the industry and I think they have the opportunity to do that but a lot of people don't seem to be doing it right in my opinion and I wanted to make a podcast on that but in while I was writing that I I realized there's a step first that I wanted to figure out which is this podcast I think like the utility of NFTs can kind of be broken up into one of these levels which are one aesthetics two a status symbol three interoperable assets i'll explain what that means four networking or community access five financial investment and then six utility access and i think there's some kind of like underlying core foundational principles which is one turning turning expenses into assets two access like access to certain things and then three verification so first aesthetics nft can be like a painting so the old thing is you might buy a piece of art because it looks cool and you like how it makes you feel so you hang it on your wall right nfts can be the same you could buy it put it in your metaverse home hang it on your wall physically print it out show it on your instagram etc the this is not necessarily innovation it's just kind of an extension of what already is a thing <laughs> but i think uh digital art can bring a sense of innovation with projects like fidenzas you can make cool graphics and like cool visual experiences using code as the medium like instead of paint like using code and that's pretty cool especially because it's not bound to the laws of physics necessarily still bound to the laws of code and what your computer allows you to do so it's not limitless it's just different limitations which brings different creativity so the second level is a status symbol right like a supreme hoodie so the old version of this is you wear a supreme hoodie because it's a flex that shows people you have a certain amount of money and you're in streetwear culture, like you understand or like within a certain uh, group of people, right? Having a crypto punk as your profile picture shows your economic status and that you're in crypto culture. You're like in a certain group and your status within that group. So here this comes to that core principle of verification or legitimacy, which I think is the main innovation here. And it's ironic that people say that you can just right-click, save, abort, ape, and own it. Because blockchain actually provides legitimacy to status symbols more than a physical status symbol. So here's a stat that's going to blow your mind because it blew mine. 90% of Louis Vuitton products that you see on the world are fake. 90% of the LV bags you see are Fugazi. And people have no idea. So you have the sneaker and fashion heads who could point out that the angle of the diamond is 4% too far to the left. But 90% of the time, if you buy a good fake, no one will ever tell and no one will ever call you out. But blockchain makes it impossible to fake. On Twitter, you can connect your Ethereum NFT wallet to your Twitter account. So if you have your NFT as your profile picture, 
I can click on your profile picture and see if you actually own it. And without a shadow of a doubt, tell if you're bullshitting me or not. Now imagine in 10 years, when all the supreme goods are sold with embedded NFTs. Seems weird, but I think that's a very real possibility. The value of those status symbols are going to be supported with technology that allows you to prove the legitimacy of those status symbols. So this is one of the core innovations, verification. And if you're interested in how exactly that works, look up blockchain consensus mechanisms or proof of work. But basically, NFTs are an innovation because it makes it impossible to hack that record, to change it or to scam it. Holy shit, I'm sweating because my apartment is hot as fuck and I need to be under a blanket for the audio to be good. Okay, so three interoperable assets. That's a fancy word. I don't like it. I don't know a better way to say it. But I guess a comparison of this would be like buying a Call of Duty skin using Candy Crush tokens. That doesn't really make sense. So I'm going to explain it more in reference to gaming. But before... with a game like Fortnite, you could buy skins or outfits for your character. In CS, you can buy weapon wraps. In 2K, you can buy certain players for your team. In FIFA, it's the same. But once you put your credit card into Fortnite, you'll never get that money back. Or in the example of NBA 2K, next year, when the next year's game comes out, your team is lost and you have to start from ground zero. You need to buy all those players again. Now the new version with NFTs, can act as those same assets. You can still buy like a Fortnite skin or whatever, but instead of your skin being locked into the Fortnite item shop or the CS marketplace or the NBA, whatever the fuck, you could actually sell it on a marketplace like OpenSea, an NFT marketplace, get your money back and then convert that into USD or some other useful currency that's actually helpful. So the core innovation here you're turning an expense into an asset. It's not an expense that you pay for and never see again. It's something that you could actually get at least a slight return on. So you might be saying, I don't play video games, so I don't care. Fair. For this point, this probably isn't the most relevant <laughs> innovation. But I think something to think about is that the spaces we're inhabiting in our day-to-day -day life is increasingly digital. And so... You may say, why would I buy a profile picture when I could just buy a Gucci jacket? Chances are you spend more time on Instagram than you do on the club showing your outfits. For one and for two, right now your jacket is stuck in the closet, whereas your Instagram page is always up for the whole world to see. So when people talk about the metaverse, I think we're probably a long way from like a ready player one type world, but the world is becoming more digital. So I think it's not a far off assumption to say that digital assets will become more prevalent in people's lives, whether that be art you display, profile pictures, or some other use case that I haven't heard of. All right, fourth is network. Okay, I don't give a fuck. If this is a little echoey, I'm sorry. I cannot be under that. I'm literally sweating. <sighs> Anyways. Fourth is networking or community access, like a chamber of commerce membership. So before, a lot of people pay to join the Chamber of Commerce for their area, right? It's just a group of local business owners and you buy to get access into that network so that you can build credibility, help you secure partners or clients or suppliers. 
or just generally expand your network um, and gain value from that community, right? Now with NFTs, for example, a lot of the most influential people on board apes. So having one is helpful as a networking tool because it brings you into that group. You're one layer closer, it adds a bit more credibility, trust, and some good old fashioned tribalism. So I think the core innovation here is access. This isn't unique to NFTs, but it's a core asset of online communities. Before your friends and your social capital and your network was very much bounded by your geography or the physical places that you went. Your friends, your network, your business connections had to be people that you lived next to or traveled to go see. So if you're an aspiring fashion designer from Nebraska and you wanted to make friends or connections, uh, good luck. <laughs> you better move to LA, Manhattan, Tokyo. But now those spaces can be digital with things like Discord. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be an NFT but that helps for the whole asset expense side of things. Now, for example, I pay something like $3 a month to be in a YouTuber Bliss Foster's fashion Discord channel, which is cool. I'll never get that money back, but it's a cool community of other people interested in fashion and like the history of it. And I don't need to worry about finding those people in my city, but I still have access to that shared social capital and learning from them, etc. What an NFT would add to that is it would allow that to be an asset. So for one, so for one, I could pay and in theory get that money back one day if I wanted to sell my membership. And if I contributed to the community in a way that made it more desirable or increased the demand, I would in theory be rewarded if the supply stayed the same because the cost would go up, right? Another interesting model around this same concept is social DAOs, but that would take a long time to explain. If you're interested, look up social DAOs. Friends with benefits is an interesting project, if you're curious. All right, five is a financial investment, like a stock. Now you can buy a stock in Amazon because you believe in the founders, the idea, the assets, the company, and you're betting on the long-term success of that brand. NFTs are kind of the same, Similarly, I could really believe in Gary V's and the V Friends project. Buy an NFT as a financial investment, and either that principal investment will go up as the floor price goes up, or I'll be returned in dividends in the forms of utility or airdrops. Some stocks, you get paid dividends. So let's say I buy a stock for $10. Next year, it's worth 11 One, that asset accrued $1 extra value. But then I could also get dividends, uh, so like a portion of the company's profits that year. And like the NFT version of that is airdrops. I'll explain that a little further in the next section, in the utility access uh, section. But this financial investment part, realistically, is how most people see crypto and treat NFTs right now, which I think makes the market pretty vulnerable to bubbling over and crashing because most people are purely speculating or taking random guesses about what will go up or down. And a lot of people have and will get fucked over financially doing this. As a retail investor, this is probably worse than stocks in terms of your financial security. You have the chance that it'll shoot up a thousand percent in a year, 
like Bored Apes, which that is unprecedented, but you have a higher likelihood of your investment going to zero. But I think there is an innovation on the creator side because to get registered as a publicly listed stock is incredibly difficult. I don't even know the steps. <laughs> I This is definitely not something that you could just decide to do though. Like I run a video production company. I could not just get listed on the NASDAQ, but NFTs give access to anybody to start a stock in a way. If you and your friends wanted to start a TV series, you could theoretically draft a really compelling vision, share it on Twitter, share it on Twitter, and release a set of NFTs that acted as your initial investment round without having to ask for anyone's permission or going through this long bureaucratic process with the stocks, uh, with registering as a stock company. And if you dox yourself or reveal your identity, you'll probably want to do as much as you can to deliver the value back to those initial supporters because your reputation isn't on the line, which brings us to number six, utility access, which takes a... And, and this take, and this takes a lot of different forms, but one example could be a ticket. So before you would buy a ticket to a conference with NFTs, you can get access to events, discounts, or other projects based on owning an NFT. So you can still get access to events, discounts, exclusive content, whatever, based on your ownership. But I think the innovation here is community both in the emotional sense that you get this sense of connection to the project and having ownership in it and the people there, but also in a very practical sense. So I think it's cool how the NFT market seems to be going in this way that rewards projects who are consistently delivering value. So instead of buying an event ticket, going to one conference, and that being the end of the line, in NFTs, you can buy a token and can expect, if it's a good project, to consistently reap benefits. Let's say you bought a board ape at the very beginning. Forget how much the actual NFT has skyrocketed, but just off of owning that one NFT, you'd have been airdropped a free dog NFT, board ape camel club, which today is worth about twenty five thousand. A mutant ape NFT, which is about seventy thousand today, and about a hundred thousand dollars in ape coin, which is like their coin, their stock. Plus. There's a ton of future stuff like land plots in their metaverse game and like other things that anyways, I don't see it stopping that they're going to consistently reward and give value to the people who invested at the beginning. They're forced to just keep one upping themselves and constantly improve if they want to bring in sustained revenue. So yeah, that's a lot of talking. A reminder of like some of the main foundational principles. One, you're turning expenses into assets. Uh, so Bored Apes, I'm going to go back to that example one more time. They held this event called Ape Fest in the summer in New York. It's like a concert party thing. Traditionally, you'd have to pay for a ticket with a one-time payment, and you'll never see that money again. But with an NFT, you could have bought a Bored Ape go to that party, had a great time, had open bars, not paid for anything. And then a week later, you could have sold the board ape for a profit or at least your initial principle back. Number two foundational principle is access. So NFTs are just a way of verifying access to different things, right? Whether that's to a community and to talking to them, 
to discounts for certain things, to free events, to airdrops for future projects like the Board Apes. It's just like a way of verifying access. And then the last two foundational principles, one is verification. So it's a way to host data or information that everybody can agree is true, right? And then the last bit is like this idea of interoperability or like uh, swapping things for things. With the gaming example, right? If Fortnite skins were NFTs, I could sell the Fortnite skin and then buy something and then use that those coins to buy something in a different game. Like it kind of applies to to everything. So like I can use data from one place and bring it over somewhere else. Uh, I want to research this topic more and like find a way to explain it better. But I think this is where NFTs can be applicable outside of just the creative industries for Things like supply chain, for healthcare, for uh, just data in general. I'm definitely not explaining this well because I don't think I understand it well enough. But those are kind of the, the next steps. I think next week I probably want to do a podcast on music NFTs and how I think an effective model for that would look. Okay.